Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in New York Football Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag here. On the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. All you guys that have followed the New York Football Pod knows we've been killing it since basketball season, since the bubble started. We just cashed our ticket here at plus 1800 on the Heat. To face the Lakers in the NBA Finals, so anyone who has followed and tailed will get a nice payout from that. From game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, everyone? How's everyone doing after this long and gut-wrenching New York football weekend here? I am your host, Steven Tina Rodriguez, as always. And you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at NYFootballPod, as well as myself, at Tino Rodriguez with a double underscore. There's a lot to talk about on today's show. And if I'm being honest, guys, I don't know if I have the heart to talk about the Giants and Jets extensively today. However, there is one positive. A Jet fan will be coming on this show to also not really talk about the Jets. Uh, my very good friend, Benny Ricciardi from Elite Fantasy, will stop by for a loaded segment of gambling picks and fantasy advice as we are starting to hit the quarter waypoint or I guess this will be about a third of the way through the fantasy regular season. So look forward to that. And now there isn't much positive to talk about in general involving the New York football teams in this area. However, Army covered the spread. They covered the early line of the 14.5 point spread we got at the start of the week. Although they took their first loss of the season. The Black Knights scored defensively on the first drive of the game for Cincinnati. They botched a read option. They were able to scoop and score that, which was nice to see. They got up 7 nothing early, but after that, the Army Black Knights struggled to get anything going, especially offensively after that. Cincinnati would chip away and would take the 24-10 win. The Black Knights head back home and take on Abilene Christian this upcoming weekend, which should be a lock to win. And then there were the Giants and the Jets who, at this point, are hard to convince anyone that they're actually an NFL football team. 
They are both the worst teams in the NFL at this moment in my eyes, and it's getting harder and harder to watch by the second. And I usually start with the Jets. I do. I normally start with the Jets because I figure save the Giants for the good part. You know, let's save the good stuff for last. And there isn't there is no good part. I want to start with the Giants this time because it's an absolute joke. I mean, the Giants were terrible on Sunday. Terrible. I mean, this is there's just no more excuses. How bad were the Giants on Sunday aside from losing to the 49ers freshman team? Cuz it wasn't even the JV. It was a freshman. They, they were missing QB1, RB1, tight end 1 and 2, wide receiver 1, 4, and 5, cornerback 1 and 2, and 4, DN 1, 3, 4, and 5, LB2, and their starting center. And if that wasn't enough, the Giants lost by 27 points and didn't force a punt one time in the entire game. How did the 49ers drives go? Let's see. Field goal, field goal, missed field goal. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 end game. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. They didn't score a single touchdown. They didn't score a single touchdown. We fumbled on the first drive of the game. Then they made the game a seven-point deficit within seven, and we threw a pick within two plays of that drive, that ensuing drive. It's gotten ridiculous. And it looks bad. The running game is non-existent still. Of course, it's not going to be any better without Saquon. But it is awful. I mean, it is awful. Yes, there were some design runs for Danny. Okay, he had about 50 yards rushing. Congrats. But guess what? The other two actual running backs on the team that registered rushing yards combined for 17. That's not good. That's really, really bad. And we didn't score a touchdown against a team who doesn't have a bulk of their starters. You can't score if you don't win. Or you can't win if you don't score. It doesn't matter. Either way, this is a joke. It's an absolute joke. There's nothing else to say. There's no in-depth analysis for this. I just don't see how it's going to get better before it gets worse. We play the Rams this week. So... I mean, I, I said this game would be a stepping stone and a a marker on where we're at on this season and this team as a whole. And holy shit, I'm terrified. I'm terrified for what's to come. What if it was a full team of 49ers? Were we going to lose by 50? 60? I mean, my God. Unbelievable how good the Giants defense made Nick Mullins look ridiculous absolutely ridiculous zero zero words zero words and let's go from bad to worse let's no let's go let's go from bad to worse and talk about the Jets hmm the Jets well instead of fumbling on their first drive they just threw a pick six they turned the ball over to the other team and allowed them to score and that's pretty much all you need to know because it's all downhill from there the Jets hyped themselves up they scored on the next Next drive. Ooh, wow. 7-7. They lost 36-7. Darnold threw three interceptions. Two of those were pick sixes. And aside from Braxton Barrios, who scored on that next drive, finishing with four receptions for 64 yards in that touchdown, I have no idea of any positive to point out on this team. None. 
You got guys on the Jets trying to hurdle people and they're not even close and they get sat down. It's a laughing stock. And it's honestly embarrassing. I mean, I saw the slide. Two of the worst offenses in the league, two of the worst teams, the Jets and the Giants, and we're covering them. And oh my God, it's just getting brutal. Brutal. We have one possession a game to talk about, if that. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. We're going on a month now, and I can't even tell you one good sustained drive from either of these teams when it fucking mattered. It's unreal. Unreal, guys. And for you Giants and Jet fans, I I know shit ain't easy right now. And I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here on both these teams. I think it's, ha- it's a higher-up thing at this point. With the Jets, it's Adam Gaze. With the Giants, it seems like Dave Gettleman is inching his way out this door sooner and sooner. But holy shit, it's hurting my eyes to watch. I really want to turn these games off. I need to watch it for content, and I just can't stomach it. It's fucking brutal. It is brutal to watch. And I can't even say they're better than this. Are they? Are they? You are what your record says they are. And they're both 0-3 right now. And easily sinking further and further into the abyss of this NFL season. But let's leave the losing behind us. Let's get to some positives. And there are positives on this show. And our positives are winning. In terms of winning bets. Because if we didn't have Show Me The Money... This would be a very grim show. Because Show Me the Money is winning us money. As I said in the beginning of this show during the betonline.ag talk, hey, Heat and Lakers cashed plus 1,800, boys. Let's go. Okay, That's a winner on the week. We're going to roll that into our winners. And although we won't have our ordinary segment of Show Me the Money, I'll definitely throw it to Benny while we're having our discussion, and you will hear my picks for the week, two 1 p.m.s, two 4 p.m.s, the Thursday, the Sunday night, and the Monday night. I'll make sure I get all those covered for you guys. As of right now, through three weeks of the season, our best bets, we're sitting at 15-8, and eight, not including that Lakers heat win. We're going to throw that on there. We're 16-8. and eight. We were 5-4 and four last week in terms of our regular NFL bets. And we are now cruising at 66% winning on this show. We're going to keep that going this week. We're only going to improve. I just want to highlight a few things again. Like last week, we bet Kamara two touchdowns two weeks in a row. That salvaged our St. Louis both times, especially with those strong odds. That Chiefs-Ravens over, you might be thinking, hey, he said Chiefs money line, Chiefs over. They brought that shit up to 54.5. That's a bad beat. Whoa, you listen to this show. You get those lines early. We were at 53 and a half. We were actually on the good side of that. Chargers killed us. Giants killed us. Bills and Bucks both covered. Uh, we're looking good for that. Well, the Bills, we had money line. The Bucks covered. And the over total on the Dolphins and the Jags was a loser out of the gates. But that also looked like a potential winner. So still feel really good about it. We're at over 66%. And we're just going to keep this shit going. And let me get you guys ready here for my discussion with Benny Ricciardi. Benny represents elite fantasy and he knows what he's talking about in terms of daily fantasy. Gambling, regular gambling, 
and fantasy, of course, whether it's season long or dynasty, best ball, my guy's got it all. He knows his stuff. He's been on this show a few times already. And for me, his advice has definitely paid off. So I would definitely stick around and tune in. Of course, again, our show me the money picks will be in this discussion with Benny. So be sure to listen and stay above 66% with us on this show. Again, get your money in your pockets and we pump out winners. So I'm sure Benny's going to bring his A game and give us some winners and tidbits that you guys will definitely want to stick around and listen to. So here he is, Benny Ricciardi. All right, now I give you all the great pleasure of introducing my good friend, a fan of the program, someone who's been on the show several times now. Benny, welcome back. Benny Ricciardi is here. You can follow him on Twitter, at BennyR11. That's still your handle, right? At BennyR11. Yeah, I don't change things when I start them, dude. I still have the same cell phone, like, from college. So if you knew me when, if you knew me when we were 18, the, the cell phone number hasn't changed at all. I had the flip phone. At, uh, I had the Nokia. I had the flip phone. And, that, you know, obviously now I'm up to the iPhones. But uh, – the I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Same number. So anyone out there who knew me in sixth grade, just give me a call. All right. I won't answer, but you can give me a call. Could you have a yes. cell phone in sixth grade? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's well, I had like a razor. Sixth grade was like, that's when you see that's, that's how I know I'm that much older than you in sixth grade. We didn't, we didn't even fucking think about cell phones. We were, mm. we were happy about the uh, cordless phone that, you know, you could, uh, you could call. No. I'm getting fucking old, bro. That was late. Sixth grade, dude. That was late. I knew people because, like, that. I grew up around sidekicks, like, the uh, whole flip. And, like, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. even got a sidekick. So, like, I wasn't cool. I wasn't a cool, like, elementary school kid. By the way, I did not write your Twitter handle down. So, I was completely just, this is, this sounds right. I think this is his Twitter handle. Right. I'm just going to run with it. It's not yeah. bad. That was good. I got it right. You know what? Honestly, though, I mean, like, my, my kid is in sixth grade this year. And he's had a phone. At least two years, might be three years actually. So we probably got him his in like third or fourth grade. So I shouldn't say anything about you having one in sixth. Yeah, but like kids nowadays, those are iPhones. Like I wouldn't trust a kid with an iPhone. I had so my first one was the one you can call like only four people on it. So I had my brother, my mom, my dad, and then whoever you want to claim your best friend. And then I got the razor. But even those phones, those Motorola razors, like you can fucking throw it off a cliff top and. <laughs> it'll work it, it'll literally it'll be like oh we're good don't worry about it'll it be, it'll be like it, you might be a little fuzzy every once in a while but you, you hold the antenna the right way and everything, everything <laughs> yeah yeah iphones <laughs> fuck that yeah it's like oh new phone but that's it. like I didn't, it's not like i bought my kid like a new iphone 11 like basically what happened is i bought my wife a new iphone and then her old iphone just got handed down to my sons and it was like it was <laughs> you know t-mobile we had the family plans oh hey extra 10 bucks you get another line so i was like all right i'll pay 10 bucks well so what we used to do and, and what they can do they don't even need to use it as a phone it could just be like uh an old iTouch. that's what they used to be yeah. I mean, that's what an iphone was it was the iTouch and the i uh the ipod mm. and then they merged the two together and made it a phone that's how old I am for anyone out there that's younger than me and doesn't remember that. That would be, that'd be some shit. I remember when iPods were still coming up. Oh yeah. They don't exist anymore. I definitely had one, man. I I actually still have funny thing is I still have an old, I, uh, an old iPod and I use it in my car now. Like, you know, when you, you know, you could Mm -hmm. plug your phone in the car to play music. Like I have all this music saved in that shit from at this point. So I just leave it in my car and that's my, that's my random music when I'm in my car right now, when I plug it in. 
Well, um, I know somebody as well. They just use an iPod shuffle because it's so small. Instead of getting the whole thing for your arm, it's just on their run. You just clip it on a headband. I mean, it's really, it's a lot more convenient. Everything now is just like gigantic. I mean, I have the iPhone 10 and this thing's a freaking oh, yeah. with a TV in your pocket. Yeah. So. You're, you're walking around basically with a computer at this point in time. So yeah, but it does well, make it, it does make it a little easier in New Jersey for gambling. I will, I will say that. Listen, I'm, I'm not complaining. I put the OtterBox on it. I just got to protect the investment. That's all I'm looking to do, you know? <laughs> I don't want to spend that again. Yeah, um, fair enough. <laughs> well, so Benny, I'm glad you're on here because we're in need of some money so we can buy some more iPhones, uh, whether it's for our kids, for our family members, whoever it may be. Uh, we, we've had a good week. We've had a good few weeks on this show. I'm expanding this now. I'm bringing you involved. The more picks, the merrier is the way I look at it. I like to see it from multiple angles. Last week, we were barely afloat. Luckily, I went on a, a spree of crazy bets. I keep betting the Saints. But then I bet the Alvin Kamara two touchdown bet, which is like four to one. So despite me being ridiculously slow and betting the Saints two weeks in a row, I've made my money back with Kamara. So we're staying afloat. We're staying afloat. And we're bringing you on now to add some expertise to these picks. And it's a segment everyone on this show knows is show me the money. So I expect you to come in here and show us some money, Benny. No pressure. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, this is, you know, this is basically what I do. So let me, let me give everybody kind of a breakdown of where I come from when it comes to the betting side of things and how, and how I kind of look at stuff. So I'm a very analytical person. I use a lot of numbers. I have a bunch of nerds that I work with and I say nerds, but they're actually all really cool or they wouldn't be working with us. But, you know, I mean, we work, we work with guys that have like master's degrees and, uh, you know, data analytics and things like that. And, you know, they're sports guys. So they, they understand how these stats work and they put everything together. So when I'm doing my bets, I basically use a, a power ranking system. So just to give you guys kind of an overview of what that is, like, obviously it's a, it's a ranking system, just as you would think you rank all the teams in the, uh, in the NFL. And then there are various things that go into it where, you know, the teams like just cause the teams rank number one, doesn't mean it's, the same distance away from the number two team as the number two team is the number three team and so on down the list. So the idea is you want to kind of give each team a, a power ranking that gives you some points to it. And then, you know, you put the points together. So like, for example, the number one team in my power rankings is Kansas city chiefs. Um, Baltimore was very close last week. The distance between the two of them has obviously grown after the ass whipping that we all, uh, we all watched them take on Monday night here. So, you know, the Chiefs for me are a team that I have about nine points versus the league average. So that's the thing is you want to get a league baseline, and then you want to put every team compared to that league baseline to see how much better than league average this team is. So to me, Chiefs are the best team, the furthest above league average. To me, if you took a league average team and you have the Chiefs, I have them as about nine points above league average. So when I'm looking at any game that the Kansas City Chiefs are involved in, the Chiefs number for me is going to be a nine. Now, when you have a league average thing, I think uh, this week I have 14 teams that are above league average and everybody else is below league average. But again, they're below league average by different amounts. So like the Cleveland Browns and the Los, An and the Las Vegas Raiders are two teams that I have just below league average, but very close to it. So like if they were playing the Dallas Cowboys, who I have slightly above league average, I would think that that should be some kind of neutral spread or if the game isn't one person's place or the other person's place, you factor in home field advantage, which is another dis whole discussion we could have later on here. But, um, you know, that's basically the way I go about it. So, you know, I, one of the reasons why I said to you, if we're going to, if you need me to come on and talk betting, I'd rather come on early in the week is I already have all my bets made for week four. 
I do all my bets for week four, usually on Monday. Now, in New Jersey, it's not as big a deal with DraftKings and, and FanDuel. But if you bet at the offshore books, a lot of times, sometime Monday or Tuesday is when they open up the limits. So basically, you can only get down like $1,000, $5,000 up until this point. And then this is when they open it up and you can make bigger bets than that if you're trying to really get some money down on something that you really like there. That's also when the professional guys that come in are moving the numbers around. So you see a lot of movement that happens between, you know, the numbers come out Sunday night, you start seeing a little bit of movement on Sunday and Monday. But then on Tuesday, when things really open up at a lot of these places, that's when you really start seeing some money coming in. And that's where you'll start seeing, you know, money lines move 20 or 30 cents if there's something that's really off or, you, you know, you see a spread move a point or two, depending on, you know, what the numbers that it came out as. And that's really the way that I try to do. What I try to do is I'll take the numbers that I have in my power ranking. It'll give me a number that I think this game should be at. And then I compare it to what the books are offering. And if there's something where there's a big discrepancy between the two, I'm going to trust my numbers and that's going to be where, where my plays are. So does it always work? No, that's the whole point. The point is over the course of a season, it's going to work more than it's not going to work, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be on the wrong side of games. I mean, again, if you're doing this, you got to understand you're going to lose even, even good betters are losing 45% of the time that they're putting bets down there. If you could win 55%, you can grind out a profit and you're a good gambler at that point. You know, you're winning 10% more of your bets than you're putting down and you're covering the rake and you're making money. So that's the point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm more of a gut shot better, but there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I'm not as analytical. Of course, I like to break down the stuff. Now, if I were to put a number on this Thursday night game, I would say one of these teams is probably nine points below league average if the Chiefs are nine points above. <laughs> so let's see I, like here like here's an example of how i roll we'll do we'll do the thursday night game and i'll walk you through it all so i have i have denver here as a team that is um about three points worse than league average the jets are actually the second worst team in my rankings right now if you want to talk about the worst team in the rankings we can do that but unfortunately you and i are, are fans of both of those teams right now so i actually have the jets slightly ahead of the giants and i didn't want my bias to come in as a jet fan so i actually double like double check my numbers with a couple guys that i you know that i work with that that do this as well and you know we're all pretty much in agreement now again depending on what things go into the numbers that you're making some of our numbers are a little higher or a little lower yeah. but i have the jets at like a minus 5 i have the giants at like a minus 5.6 hmm. so it, it, they're the, to me, they're the two worst teams. And now, again, that's five points below league average. So when, when you're looking at this game, Denver being three, point, three points below league average, the Jets being five below league average, I would expect Denver to be two points better than the Jets on a neutral field. So now we got to factor in the game is in New York. So I still use the old number right now, which is about one and a, one and a half is the number I use. Every team really has a different home field advantage. Some teams it's closer to one. Some teams it's closer to two. The number that a lot of people use is three, and that, that is an old number. That is not something you guys should be taking into account. Like, you should really be using more like 175, I think, is the number that 1.75 um, is really the number that you should be using if you're doing, like, hardcore rankings and stuff like that. Now, after next week, when we have four weeks of data, we could actually run the numbers for 2020 and kind of see – what the home field advantage is. Cause remember, none of these teams have fans right now. And you know, it's a lot different this year than it has been in the past. So I'm anxious to see what the numbers look at. We can kind of run those numbers now, but after three weeks, it might not, you know, again, even after four weeks, it's not like it's a big sample size, but we don't want to screw that up. 
So yeah. anyway, so so I use one and a half. So if I have Denver, if I have Denver on a neutral field, should be favored by two. I would think that the spread in this game should be Denver favored by like half a point or one point. Yeah, um, so which I think it's, is what it's, it's at, at right? Yeah, it's at it's at that on the head. And now, what I was gonna let you know is that Thursday night football is amazing. It's an amazing thing because it's football on a Thursday, and I don't want to talk shit on it. However, it's getting impressive that for the fourth consecutive week here. Well, at least the third consecutive week. We have another poop game. This may be the smelliest poop game of them all, Ben. Because Jets Broncos following Jags Dolphins. Before that, it was Bengals Browns. None of these are very attractive to watch. I've taken the over on all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, One and one on those. So here I am. The people of this show know I love the totals. And I got to be honest, I can't even pronounce who just got named the starter for the Broncos. Matt, Matt Rippin, I think. No, I, I'm Brett, sorry. Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin. Yeah. Okay. So see, here's how I know, here's how I know that I'm a lot older than you is you probably don't remember his uncle who was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins back in the day when I was like a kid. Was he good? Yeah, he was actually. Mark Rippin. Pretty remember. good. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I could tell you what, I'm not too confident in, uh, in this ripping <laughs> and unless his uncle's out there i'm not too fairly confident now that's my issue okay i look at this game mm-hmm. the broncos are dinged up too and mm-hmm. when i look at like leaning at the jets i'm like all right i need to bet total instead so i can live with myself mm-hmm. and the number is 40 right now mm-hmm. i'm leaning under okay and i i think they're gonna miss it by 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 a good amount i see like a 2014 total here I don't see many points. I see some field goals. The Jets had one successful drive last week against the Colts who, you know, yeah, they look good, but they're up and down. Before that, they pretty, they've only had about two, three drives the entire season. And mm. now the Broncos are just way too much of a, what are we looking at? Aside from the 49ers, normally when a team comes in with a new quarterback and a new everything, they don't necessarily light it up for 30 points. So uh, I don't know. I think the Broncos are going to struggle here, especially without Sutton. Judy's banged up. Other than Fan, I don't really see much going. They're going to run the ball, but the Jets' D is good at that. So, I don't know. I like the under of 40 here. I like the under of 40. I mean, 40 is a very small number, though. Like, that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. 40, is a, 40 is a small number where I, I could see it going over. But, I mean, the Jets average 12 points a game. And I think Denver, with, with healthy a healthy Denver, I think, averages under 22. So you're putting them together. The, the only thing that the Jets have that isn't a fucking laughing stock. Am I allowed to curse on here? I've been dropping F-bombs left and right. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, if I haven't cursed yet, I'm surprised. Okay, fine. All right, good. I just want to make sure because some, some podcasts I do, I'm not allowed to. And then half the time I'm on, it's just edited out, edited out, edited out. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you, you look at this game here, you know, Denver, even when they had people healthy, were, weren't putting up big points now. The Jets' defense, I think, right now is either 10th or 11th, uh, you know, when you um, take opponent-adjusted value in there. Denver is, like, 16th or 17th. So, I mean, both of these defenses are basically, like, middle of the pack to, to better. You know what I mean? So, that's mm-hmm. not it's, – it's not really a spot where you would expect teams to put up a lot of points here. Neither one of these offenses is high-powered, so it's not like they're going to be running a ton of plays and grinding out a whole bunch of first downs and everything like that. Like – 
I think this is going to be a lot of punts. I think this is going to be a lot of three and out. Like, I think at some point during Thursday night, you're going to change the channel. I think there's basketball game Thursday. So maybe you can change the channel, start watching a little bit of, uh, you know, the NBA finals or maybe some of the MLB games that are on because I can't imagine this game is going to keep us all that gap. The only thing that might keep this over afloat is that they're going to just try to throw the ball and stop the clock on these three and out so often that they're just going to get a billion possessions to put points on the board. I mean, that's the, the only way. Or Sammy's just going to throw another billion pick sixes. I mean, yeah, two last week. My, why stop there? Well, that's what I was going to say is who do you think is going to throw the ball here? Because to me, if I'm, start, if I'm starting a third-string undrafted free agent quarterback against the Jets, who actually have a, a pretty good pass defense, you know, they have not been giving up a ton to – you know, opposing quarterback so far, even though, you know, Buffalo basically tore him up. But Josh Allen has kind of kind of validated that by tearing up everybody else too with that with that passing attack. So I mean, at first I was like, oh crap, Buffalo's tearing us up through the air. But now I'm like, all right, well, Buffalo's actually pretty good through the air right now. So I don't think that's that I don't think it's that big a negative overall. But um I think Denver's basically just gonna feed Melvin Gordon. And they may even have Philip Lindsay back. I mean again, today was Tuesday they said he practices in limited fashion, so we don't know what's going to happen. We got to get the, uh, you know, we're doing this Tuesday night, so we don't have the benefit of the uh, the Wednesday, you know, practice schedule and, uh, you know, hearing everything on game day here. But even if Lindsey plays too, like I wouldn't be shocked if they ran the ball thirty times in this game, because again, do you really want an undrafted free agent, third string quarterback throwing the ball twenty five to thirty five times? I mean, I would think that the the optimal way for them to try to win this game is to run the ball 30 times, maybe do 20 play-action passes or so where they can, uh, you know, try to find some some wide-open spaces and give the kid one or two reads and hope that he makes the right one. So I, I don't see their offense putting a lot up. And then again, the Jets' offense just sucks. Like, you got one touchdown a game. You mentioned it. Like, like, like we're, we're counting how many good drives they have because it's just it's that bad. Like, most of the time it's just three and out or maybe they pick up one first down on, like, a pass completion and then it's, you know, Punt. And, you know, three three wasted downs and, you know, punting on fourth and 12 or something like that. It's it, it's it's horrible. Like you mentioned, this is going to be the worst fucking game on Thursday night. Like, you really do not want to be watching this. Like, I'm, I won't be happy if I, – I that's why, like, I'm going to say the under in real life. I probably won't touch this game with, you know, your money. It's gross. It's really bad. And, yeah, I, I don't know where the Jets go from here. I said it on this show prior. Obviously – Gase is the elephant in the room. I was thinking in my head as we're talking about this, knowing him, just being the fuckhead he is, he's just going to put together a game plan or script to, like, take advantage of the wounded Denver Broncos and just make me fucking consider betting the Jets. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I did. I did, too. And I never – you know me. I don't bet on or against the Jets because I I don't – they're my favorite team. I'm going to watch them, but I don't want to have any money on it. Like, it's got to be – I have to have a huge edge. Like, I, it, they would have to be, like, getting seven, and I have it as, like, a pick em game, and then I'll be like, all right, I got to pull the trigger on this at this point. Like, the gambler in me would take over the fan in me. But right <laughs> now, I, I just – because if I if the Jets lose, I'm already pissed off. If the Jets lose and I lose money on them, I, I'm, I'll be – you're not going to want it. My kids are going to hate me at that point in time. So I just figure it's better this way if I stay away from that. So let's move forward to some better games. And I think for the one o'clock – this is an interesting matchup to me because the line's relatively lower than I thought. And it's mainly because you have a team that everyone kind of started crowning the next big thing in the Arizona Cardinals who got upset at home against Detroit. And then you got the Carolina Panthers 
who just pulled an upset of their own. I think similar point spreads. I think they were both at like six or seven and uh, on the road as well. And they pulled the upset. Now the Panthers are going to go home, staying as dogs, and they're going to host the Cardinals. So we have the Cardinals as three-and-a-half-point favorites. The uh, over-under totals at 52-and-a-half. I already want to snap down and jump on the Cardinals because I was kind of riding them. And being that I lost on them last week, I feel like I just have to try to make my money back here. But as a non-biased better now, am I missing something with the Panthers? Am I missing something? I mean, without CMC, I thought that would be it. What? Why is this line so close? Are people starting to believe in Carolina? And running backs don't matter. Running backs don't matter. We could have that whole. We could have that whole argument if you really want to. But it really, I, I mean, listen. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. I, I think that's fair to say. If anybody looks at, if anybody doesn't believe me, just go look at his numbers from last year, and you tell me anybody else who was anywhere near near close to what he did. But if you notice, Mike Davis right now is filling that role. And the role is all about volume. Now, again, is Davis putting up the yardage numbers that Christian McCaffrey did? No, because he doesn't have that kind of explosiveness where he can take any one of those 50 yards to the house. But, I mean, what did he have? Eight catches filling in for him the first game? He had eight catches again the other day? Like, that's the way the offense is set up. And the thing is, they're very talented at the wide receiver position. I mean, DJ Moore is a young stud. Robbie Anderson, you know, I've been a huge – I was a Jets guy. I almost cried when they let him go. Like, Robbie Anderson it was, so, it was criminally underrated. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had shitty quarterbacks throwing the ball the last couple of years, and he's been fantasy relevant. Not that I'm saying Teddy Bridgewater is a great quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater is light years ahead of anybody the Jets have used in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, including the fact that they fucking traded him away, which I thought was the dumbest thing in the world. But, <laughs> you know, they, you draft Sam Darnold, you're going to – Trade him away so he could flourish. If he stays there, there's no comeback. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, well, it's the same thing with Robbie. I'm actually glad as a Robbie Anderson fan that he got out of this shit show. But, you know, I mean, he's been playing well. Curtis Samuel hasn't even had a good year this year, but he's a talented guy as well. So – you know, they're going to be able to put up some points. The problem with Carolina is not the offense. The problem with Carolina is they have one of the worst D. I, I got to double check because I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. But I, they got a whole bunch of young kids there. They don't stop the run well. They don't stop the pass well. Like, they're basically just 11 bodies that are out there running around, like, trying to figure out what they're doing. But with that being said, I think the difference in this game is really how you look at Arizona. Because I have Arizona – ranked um i have them as a minus one on my on my rating list which means that they're about you know they're about 10 percent below league average now, i don't know about 10 probably like seven or eight percent below league average right there so really i have carolina at like two and a half points below even without mccaffrey with mccaffrey they were like one point below as well so he's worth about a point to their you know their total score for me yeah. So in this game, I would expect Arizona, like my numbers say, Arizona should be favored by about 1.75. You factor in, you know, home field advantage for Carolina. Like I would have this as almost a pick em. And here's the way I use my numbers. Like this is actually a game that I bet on already. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought this one up. So Carolina is getting more than a field goal here. And, you know, if you do the math and you figure it all out, like a field goal, you know, everybody knows this pretty obvious. A field goal is a number that, uh, games end on quite often. You get a three in the, in the games quite often out there. So whenever you can be on one side or the other of the three, if it's the side that you like on a game, that's something you should be betting on there. So like I said, I have this number as Carolina, basically a pick them right here at home, um, assuming that you're using one and a half for home field advantage. So for me at three and a half, I think Carolina's a great bet here. That's interesting. Yeah, so initially 
the number was fucking with me. That's why my pick was Cardinals money line because I don't like, especially that hook. I don't like that three and a half. It's been weird. It's been a weird couple weeks. I think last week uh, kind of brought it all into perspective. I think you saw some crazy comebacks. I thought you just saw some teams die out. And yeah, I think there's a lot of to be seen with the Cardinals. My thing is I'm leaning on the cards here a little bit for that reason. I think their defense could play the factor in this. I mean, their offense can obviously light, light them up, light them up on the scoreboard. But I think that defense is very underrated and they have enough pass rush there and guys behind them that'll come downhill with Buda Baker and like Patrick Peterson. To, mm-hmm. If they can contain those chunk Mike Davis dump offs for the first half and get out to an early lead, I just don't see how Teddy's going to power them back. If they so get here, down early, it's going to be really difficult for them to get back. Boot is the man. I will give you that. But here's one of the, the funny things about Arizona. Arizona's secondary is probably the most overrated secondary in the entire league. Yeah. People keep talking about Patrick, Patrick uh, Peterson. He has not been good now for the last basically two years. His, his PFF grade, I, I didn't look at it after last game. I don't even know if they, uh, they upgraded it. So PFF is pro, pro football focused. They basically go through every single play that's out there. They grade every player. They're, they're one of the best at doing it. Um, they actually even started using their numbers on, on TV right now. Like, these are numbers that fantasy guys, we've been using these numbers for years. I, I, used, I see them on TV now on like the ESPN broadcast, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is going to suck if this goes mainstream because this is one of, the, one of the big tricks of everything that, uh, you know, one of the things that I use for my numbers that a lot of people don't even look at here. But that's one of the things that I noticed is like their secondary, basically both guys in their secondary were ranked like bottom 10% of the league so far this year. So they've just been getting absolutely torched by everybody out there. Now, again, he's, he was one of, he was arguably the best cornerback in the entire NFL at one point in his career, but you know what guys get old, that stuff kind of happens right now and they are getting picked on. So I actually think it's sneaky uh, for fantasy purposes too this week to be pretty heavy on the Carolina passing game. Because you can use Teddy, you can use Mike Davis, who's been catching so many balls on like a PPR site, you're going to get a lot of points for that. And then you can kind of pick and choose your receivers, um, you know, which one you want to use. All three of them are not going to go off at the same time, but you get a big game from any one of them, you you could have a nice lineup on DraftKings there with those guys. I have DJ Moore and Mike Davis starting on a few teams this week, so that's good. It actually opens my eyes about the cards, D, because I was kind of thinking of them as a play this week, as a pickup, just because I have the Vikings didn't know if they're going to play, you know, so on and so forth. There were certain things crossing my paths in terms of matchups and Teddy doesn't really turn the ball over very much. So yeah. it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's a game manager. So they do, you are right about Arizona's defensive line though. Like their defensive line is very good. Yeah. That yeah. is the strength of that defense right there. But it used to be that they also had a very good secondary and between guys going, you know, between guys going away and then guys just, you know, getting older and not being as good anymore. I think their secondary is kind of suspect. And I think that's why they're going to be in a lot of shootouts this year because that offense can put up points. They got, they got a pretty nasty offense now and the defense is that bad that they're going to give up a lot of points. So we're going to see some Arizona shootouts this year. That was a bit of that last week. I also thought the Lions was a trap game as well. So I, I'm, I'm a little pissed off that I didn't kind of see that coming, especially because they had a slow start and pretty much just kept blowing games. They weren't, they didn't even like lose. They were just like, actually we don't want to win. So. Here you go. And let's let's transition over now to one of those teams who were guilty of that <laughs> are now undefeated. The undefeated Chicago Bears, led by Big Dick Nick, coming as a home dog, two and a half, uh, plus 115 on the money line here, and will host 
the Indianapolis Colts who are coming off an absolute throttling of the New York Jets. Um, where do we lie here, Benny? I want to sprinkle on the dog here, but now you got me thinking Panthers as a dog, and now I'm looking at the Bears like that's a sucker bet. They're 3-0. and Big Dick Nick is going to put you in a trance here. Don't believe it, but I'm not sold on the Colts yet. I'm not sold on the Colts yet. I don't know where you lie on this, but that two and a half is irrelevant for me. I think I'm going to lay it hard on the money line one way or the other. I just haven't decided what I like in this game yet. All right, so here's the deal for me. I actually have the Chicago Bears currently ranked ahead of the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. So for me, the fact that the Colts are the favorites in this game, to me, that's just a huge overreaction from the Colts bludgeoning the Jets last week. But you know what? It's the, it's the fucking Jet. Like, you don't learn anything from beating the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't say, like, oh, man, they beat the Jets last week. They're going to be tough. I don't know how Kansas City Chiefs are going to play with whatever team we're inserting there like that's that's not the yardstick though like you're supposed to beat up on the Jets if you struggle to beat the if you beat the Jets like 17-14 then I'm gonna think you suck because you should have beat them 31 to, to 13 so really to me all the Indianapolis Colts did last week was exactly what we thought they were gonna do mm-hmm. so I, I don't really give them that much credit for that victory you know what I mean yeah they lost to the Jaguars like to me, that says more about them than you beat the Jets by two touchdowns. Like, you're supposed to beat the Jets by two touchdowns. If you were really a good team, you know what else you're supposed to do? You're supposed to beat the Jaguars by two touchdowns, too, when you didn't. So, you know, to me, I think this team is kind of suspect. Now, personally, quarterbacks are one of the biggest things that can move a line when you're looking at, you know, a team there. But I don't really move – the line or even my power rankings, I actually moved them up in my power rankings by going from Trubisky to Nick Foles. Not a lot. Like, I don't think Foles is worth that much better. I don't think either one of them is really good. Like, I'm, I'm not moving them up like five points. Like it's, not like, it's not like they got Patrick Mahomes starting for them right now. Like, it's still Nick Foles. But to me, Nick Foles is better than Mitch Trubisky because Foles at least could be accurate. I know Trubisky is not accurate. So I'm not saying Foles is going to go out there and complete 70% of passes, but shit, if you complete like 60% of passes, you're, you're giving that team more than they're getting right now. So I actually like that thing. I have the Bears ahead of Indy in my power rankings. So to me, the Bears should have been favored here. Plus they're at home, so that should have added points to the favorite. So to me, the Bears at two and a half, that's the side you want to be on. But I am not taking two and a half points in a football game. So to yeah. bounce what you were just saying, the way to play this game is Chicago Bears money line. Yeah, I'm taking Bears money line. And it's, it's so interesting when you see that two and a half. I never know why they do it. I'm like, just go away. Go away. I also had to consult with you because I always see home dogs and I just get excited. I'm like, a home dog? Like, what? They're home. But mm-hmm. you also got to think about it sometimes. You got to think about it. And let's, let's now, let's keep going because we got a rhythm here. One home dog to another. And this is a team you mentioned before, and you tied them into a matchup with the Cowboys. It's the Buffalo Bills. They're actually on the road here. They're going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bills come in as three-point favorites, minus 150 on the money line, 52.5 point over. I'm dancing on the over more in this total. But again, I see the home dog and I get giddy. The Raiders are a team that are just, I don't know what to expect. They beat an old Drew Brees at home on Monday night. Their mm-hmm. knee looks good sometimes. But then last week, I don't know what the fuck was going on with the Patriots game. I mean, it looked competitive, and the Patriots just ran away with it. And then on the other side, the Bills look like the fucking 
best thing since sliced bread. I mean, they look like an absolute wagon. So it's like these two teams come into a head. There's that number three you were talking about. It's interesting. It's interesting to me. You got the Bills going East Coast to West Coast. Uh, on this show, we bet the Bills every week. So it's paid off, and I don't plan on changing this week. I'm sticking with the Bills. But I guess is the better play then, should I go three or do I go money line? So let me look at this game. So I have Buffalo as about – Buffalo I have as ninth in my power rankings altogether. I have them right now at about uh, two and a half points above league average. I have Las Vegas, like I said, was one of those teams that's right around league average. I have them just below. So to me, I think the number should be three on a neutral field here. It's in Las Vegas. Um, so it probably should be below three, but you got to think about it. Like, you know, a book's not going to put a number down there at, if you gave me, you know, Buffalo only having to like give up one and a half, I think everybody would bet Buffalo here. So they make the number three, which I don't think is a bad number. Like it's not, it's not far enough away from my number for me to really get excited to go and, and jump on that side of it. But, um, I mean, lost like my numbers say that Vegas is a side here, but again, it's not a big enough edge for me to for me to take it. If it was three and a half, I might consider it, but I'm probably gonna stay away. Yeah, so the game scares the shit out of me, just because my same belief on betting the Raiders on Monday night, even though on this show I told everyone the Saints, and then throughout the week I'm like. How am I going to get – I'm going to bet against the team in Las Vegas, the home of gambling, on opening night. Stupid bet. Stupid. <laughs> and knew it immediately. And now here we are back in Vegas, a city I love. My money doesn't love so much, but I love. And They uh, love my money. I know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here they are again. I'm going to bet the bills, and Vegas is just going to rake in again as the home dog. So I'm not sure. On this show, I'm sticking with the bills just because we bet them every week. Why not? They're a wagon. But, uh, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But the Raiders are some – they're a team I'm watching out for because that's the other home dog I've had listed on here that strong question marks because you don't know. Josh Jacobs can go off some days and disappears on others. So we'll see. We'll see how that Bills D looks because that's a big reason. So let me, let me throw something in here real quick. One thing that you'll never do as a gambler, you'll never go broke betting, uh, betting home dogs. So if you take two home dogs here, like if you take – who are the two we just talked about? Buffalo and what was the other games? Well, Chicago? So, yeah, the Raiders yeah. and the Bears. Yeah, like if you – or the Raiders and the Bears, yeah. Like the if Panthers get, are also a home dog, which you were recommending. See, I like the Panthers even more than I like the, the, the Raiders here. But either way. I'm liking the Panthers now too. Yeah, if you're, if you're betting on home dogs, like if you take two home dogs every week, you only got to be right on one or the other, and you actually make a profit. You know, if you take two favorites, a lot of times you're laying minus 110 and if one, you're, you're even bigger than that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're wrong on one of those, you, uh, you know, you lose money. If you take two home dogs on the money line, you know, you're, you're going to win money there. Here's the thing I would say, though, that's a little different between this game and the, uh, the Bears game. So the Bears were two and a half point home underdog. I would never take two and a half points. Like, at two and a half points, you're better off just betting the money line. But – Vegas is getting a full three here, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking to go on a side in that game, if you, if you have a stronger take on Vegas, that's one where I would probably take the, um, you know, I would take the three points right there because that covers you if it ends in a, a, you know, a field goal, if the game is tied late and one team wins by a field goal. You know, you're going to be covered on that side. So I would take the Bears' money line and risk losing if it's one or two points that they, uh, you know, they wind up losing by, uh, risk losing that bet. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're getting the full three, I would just take the full three there with the Raiders. Well, so it's crazy. So since we're talking about threes, three and a halves, um, my biggest profit was two weeks ago. It actually could have been dramatically bigger. I did not take the Falcons uh, at plus three and a half enough. See, mm-hmm. that was a number of three and a half. I liked the money line enough. I, I saved my ass because I took them three and a half at enough spots. But mm-hmm. I tried to pick my battle and take a money line. Granted, they were dominating the game against Dallas, but – that crazy comeback happened, and then there you go. There's the field goal. So I was very fortunate to take the three and a half, two and a half, not so much. I think that might have actually covered because I think they lost by two. But Well, um, e- either way, I mean, in the future, if anybody's out there, the, the people have actually run the numbers for this stuff. And, you know, if you could get the full three, you're better off taking the three. Obviously, if you can find a three and a half somewhere, you would rather that than the three. Like, you obviously yeah. want to be over the three would be I want that better help. for you if you're getting plus on it. Um, but anytime it's like plus two and a half, you're actually you over the long term. You actually are make more money by taking the money line than you do by betting it at plus two and a half minus one ten. You'll win more bets at plus two and a half, but the number of bets that you win is very small. But when you're taking the money line, you're getting plus one twenty five, plus one forty, plus whatever the number is. Um, so over the long term, I think you wind up winning like forty seven percent versus fifty two percent or fifty three percent. But your profit winds up being higher because of you know, the money line all being there and, and favorites, always, uh, underdogs always being under bet. So if it's less than three points for me, I always just wind up betting the money line there. Yeah, I normally tell people that, but my reasoning doesn't always sound as good as yours. I just say, leave those fucking points on the table, bet on money line. Put the balls on the table. What's two and a half going to do for us? Sack up. You're right. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay, last 4 p.m. game I want to pick here. This was... Supposed to be the AFC Championship last year. It was two years ago. The regime looks different on one side. We have the Pats coming into town against the Kansas City Chiefs, your top dog, as seven-point dogs, plus 250 on the money line, over-under at 53.5. I like that over a lot, actually. But let's talk about these teams real quick. The Pats look like ballers with Cam right now. I mean, there's no question they're going to run the ball they're going to try to run Cam down the Chiefs' throat. It's very apparent that's a way to beat the Chiefs. You saw the Ravens do it successfully on the first drive and try to do it, but then settled with a field goal and pretty much never saw the ball again on offense for an entire half. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be interesting, I think, off the, out of the gates to see how the Pats D can try to contain Mahomes because if they can and get him off the field a little bit, I think that Pats running game could be a sneaky play in this matchup. Um, if by running game you mean Rex Burkhead, then yeah, okay, I can. See I that. mean Cam Newton. They're gonna run. Okay, all right, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Listen, I was that, that quarterback, that quarterback is unaccounted for for defenses. The NFL get used to running defenses a certain way. When you have to account for a, a quarterback as a running back, shit ain't easy. There's a reason why he probably had almost had three touchdowns against Seattle. Because I it, mean, it works. Yeah, when when you have guys that or quarterbacks that don't run, it's, it's hard enough to stop a team when they only have really 10 and you have 11 to use, you know, now yeah. when you have to worry about that guy too. It makes it even harder. So I, I get you there. Um, yeah. I mean, I basically look at it. Like I said, I have the chiefs as far and away that last week I had them at, I think eight, a little over eight points. And I had the Ravens at a little under eight points. And then after the beating that they gave the Ravens, I dropped the Ravens a little bit in my power rankings altogether, the numbers. And obviously the numbers also dropped because of, you know, some of the underlying things I used to make the numbers. But um, I have the Patriots as a top team still too. I have them as a plus three and a half. So they're three and a half points better than league average to me. 
so really this number to me would have been somewhere around like what what does that leave like five and a half or six and then you add a you know point point and a half for home field advantage so I think seven's where this number should possibly be so I have no bet on this game I think I agree with the number right where it is right there I'm interested to watch it obviously but this is not a game that I want to bet on if you want to bet on something here I think the bet is probably the over Yep. Well, so I bet in games like this, and I bet the over uh, for Monday night. People on this show were able to get it. S- same number, actually, with the Chiefs. We got it at 53 and a half. 54 was a loser or a push. 53 and a half covered. We're at the same spot again with the Chiefs. Yep. You just, when you have that offense in the Chiefs, they can score about 35 on their own mm-hmm. in a matchup, and you just need the Pats to accumulate 20 points, basically. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the over is the play here just because I'm a fan of football. I'm really excited to see it. Um, we'll see if Belichick could edge another one out in Kansas City. I mean, that would be a huge, huge upset because right now, I mean, other than that Chargers game where they, you know, were able to get out of it, the Chiefs have pretty much looked, you know, indestructible to this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, 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 coach, you coach high school football. If you're watching that game film, like – how do you how do you stop the Kansas City Chiefs? Like I, I don't have an answer to that. I don't think there is an answer to that question. They were talking about it on Monday Night Football last week too. It's like the best chance to stop them is just you got to hope they have an off day. And like when you're going in there, like knowing well, the only chance we have to stop this offense is hoping they have an off day. Like the best thing we can do is keep them off the field. I, I don't know if Sony Michelle and Cam Newton are going to be able to just rack up first down after first down. And Kansas City's defense is better than people give credit, you know, give them credit for too. So Chris I, Jones I, was a freaking monster last night. Are you kidding me? He wrecked Lamar. He had like two sacks, two forced fumbles, like freaking five tackles. He's, a D, he's lining up at D tackle, D end. I mean, well worth the money. They had Frank Clark going off too. I mean, I was surprised that the Ravens D looked pedestrian compared to the Chiefs D last night. Yeah, I, to be honest, I was too. The Ravens D I actually thought was the thing that, didn't make it so crazy that they were a three point three and a half point. Actually, you got the hook too. Three and a half point favorite mm-hmm. over the defending champs because their defense up to that point had looked like it could be one of the dominant ones in the league. Now again, I'm not gonna tick that. I didn't tick them down much in my rankings for Patrick Mahomes lighting them up because Patrick Mahomes should be lighting them up. The numbers may have some drops in it because of just the way that the numbers are gonna work out after a loss like that. But um. Again, when you know, one of the things I factor in is uh, is like opponent adjusted value. So you don't you don't lose a lot for for getting lit up by one of the elite offenses. Just like I don't move the Indianapolis Colts up much for shutting down one of the worst offenses in the league. Like you're supposed to do that. You don't you don't get points for doing what you're supposed to do. So do you and, move the 49ers lineup because they just demolished the Giants with their fucking freshman football team? <laughs> see, one of the biggest problems I have is everybody accounts for in their numbers how to adjust for quarterbacks being out, right? And then there's also, like, easy formulas you can kind of use to see. There are very few players that, like, position players that move the needle very much. And when I look at, like, the 49ers, there's just so many moving parts right now on offense and defense that, like, my number for the 49ers is probably the number I have the least amount of faith in. I had I had them still beating the Giants pretty easily last week. And I actually have them winning easily this week too, but they're like a seven-point favorite. And I'm like, I cannot play a team 
as a seven-point favorite that doesn't have their starting quarterback, their starting running back, their backup running back, their number one wide receiver, their number one and two tight ends, and is missing their two of their two of their top three defensive linemen and their best cornerback from last season as well. And these guys were all like Nick Bosa, like Richard Sher- like these guys were like top ranked players on PFF last year. So Thomas. D Ford was out. I mean, everybody, everybody. Like I look at my numbers right now and I just, they don't make much sense to me with the 49ers, but I still have the 49ers as a very good team, even without all these guys. So you gave a perfect segue for the people at home listening and didn't realize we are now onto the Sunday night game. As I told you all before we got into this discussion with Benny, we're going to give you same regimen here. Thursday, two, 1 PM, two, uh, 4 PM, the Sunday night, Monday night. And this Sunday night game is just weird to look at. Uh, the 49ers don't sit well with me at all. The Eagles are terrible. They tied with the Bengals, who literally have Joe Burrow running for his life and nobody else. Mm-hmm. How they even tied, they should have lost, mind you. Should have lost. And here we are, the, the wingless Eagles as just seven-point dogs on the road here in San Francisco. It's a game I don't even want to look at. Um, yeah, I guess you'd have to bet the 49ers. I just can't stomach it. I'd probably bring that seven up to a seven and a half so I could live with it and just hope the Eagles lose by a touchdown at the least. But I guess I'm going to take the Eagles with the points here just because I, I, it can't work. I refuse to believe two weeks in a row. I don't care about how much of a genius Kyle Shanahan is. They have too many people out. Kittle might come back, might, and if he does, we'll see, but it doesn't change very much for me. I just don't see how Nick Mullins, without Mostert, without all those defensive players, Sherman, I just, the Eagles are terrible, but they're just a team that doesn't go away, and a whole touchdown's a lot for me on Sunday night. Primetime game, too, you know? Yeah, so my numbers actually make this game um, nine and a half. So I actually like the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a second angle to this that I want to talk about as well. So you know how people talk about West Coast teams coming to the East Coast for one o'clock games, right? So there's a biorhythm thing. The circadian rhythm is what they call it and all that stuff. If you, if you really want to go look it up, you can go look it all up. But the point of it being like people on the East Coast are used to being up for a certain time, you know you know college kids like steve back in the day are used to being up at 11 and then being up until four in the morning you know got old guys like me that have kids we're getting up at like 6 30 you know to get the kids ready for school and going to bed sometime around midnight or one o'clock when the, when the when the game's end we're not up until the three or four in the morning anymore so but anyway your, your body gets used to those rhythms mm-hmm. so when a west coast team comes to the east coast to them it's really like 10 o'clock in the morning and it completely screws them up and they're not ready to play but the same thing happens in night games when East Coast teams go to the West Coast. Because now, in your mind, you're really at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night when you're playing an 8 o'clock game or so. So the numbers from West Coast to East Coast at 1 o'clock are always bad. But the numbers from East Coast to West Coast at night are even worse. So this is one of those examples where you have an East Coast team in the Eagles traveling to the West Coast and the 49ers. Like I said, my power ranking numbers, even with me ticking down the 49ers for all those elite players that they have out, still has this game as nine and a half. This is actually, Steve, one of my favorite fucking bets of the week, San Francisco 49ers. All right, I switched. Okay. And, and here's because... the thing. 
The other thing, too, is think about the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Rieger was out last week. Deshaun Jackson was out this week. They're all line decimated. They're all yeah, line decimated. You're back to Greg Ward and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside as the guys on the outside. So, obviously, the tight ends are going to be heavily involved, and Miles Sanders is going to be heavily involved. Well, Goddard like just – no, Goddard, Goddard's out now, too. He hurt his ankle, so it just hurts. So, now you're really down to – of all the weapons that they had, you're really just down to Ertz and Miles Sanders with a bunch of – backups at wide receiver and a banged up offensive line going against a team that didn't look like it missed a beat even without all those studs last week. You had me at hello with the whole West Coast, East Coast, East Coast, West uh, West Coast thing because I talk about that all the time and everyone thinks I'm out of my freaking mind. And I didn't even really think about it because on the East Coast, I mean, this is going to be – this is going to be late for those body clocks. Yeah, it's 11, 11.30 for that. I mean, the game starts at 8.30. It's a three-hour difference. You're talking about 11.30. Now, the one thing, I, the one thing you said before that I, that I wanted to throw something in on, I don't think it's as big a deal when you have an East Coast team going to the West Coast to play like a 1 o'clock or a 4 o'clock game because it's still like, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, if you play a 4 o'clock game, yeah, 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 it, you know, it's, so the, it's, so, it's still only like 7 o'clock at night. Like, it's, it's a time when your body's not there. And – Again, I haven't done this research, but there are people who have written articles about it where, you know, the the numbers that really have stood out is when West Coast teams go East and when East Coast teams go West for night games. So it's not so much they're going one way or another. It's the time of day that they're doing it and whether or not that fits with, you know, the time they would be up if they were in their own time zone. Well, the interesting thing to note too, though, is that the Niners have actually been stuck in the East Coast time zone for the last two weeks because they played Mm -hmm. the Giants and the Jets and now they're returning back home to play another East opponent in the Eagles. We'll see. I'm on the Niners now. I really don't like the, like the feel of it, but I'm going to take your word for it because it makes a shit ton of sense. The Eagles are terrible, and you know what? I talk way too much shit on them to actually bet them. Uh, I know how karma works, so you know what? I might as well just stay on the other side and just carry about my business. Well, I'll say, th- I'll say this, too, with this Niners game. You're, if you can get it at seven right now, you should probably take it at seven because this, this is going to go up. Like, this will be seven and a half if not eight or nine by, by kickoff. On. And, I, and I strongly believe that. I feel that. I mean, I could see it. Again, Jason Peters got hurt last week. Uh, I know the 49ers are lacking a lot of their guys, but they had Ziggy on, so they added him to the team. They still have players there. I mean, they're deep. Javon Kinlaw is there. He's a freaking freaking nature too. So um, 49ers got people still there. So that's fair. I'll feel better about it if they beat the shit out of the Eagles with this team. So this way the Giants loss didn't matter as much. There you go. Anything to make myself feel better. Let's move on to Monday night. Now, apparently, according to the NFL, this game might get flexed into a regular time because of the whole COVID thing with the Titans. Again, we're filming on Tuesday. This is the first COVID case in the NFL. There's a lot of shit going on that probably will happen by the time you're listening to this. But that's okay because we're going to treat this game as is. As the primetime game it's listed as, we have the hopeless and winless Atlanta Falcons traveling to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers will have the hook here as seven and a half point favorites. Mine is 315 on the money line. So big time favorites here. Um, 57 and a half over under. <laughs> Why don't the Falcons like to win? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I feel like I should start there. I, I like betting on them. They're an enjoyable team to bet on. They're in every game. They, they just don't win them. They but here's the, th- here's the other thing, too, though, is um, – so if you're somebody who in-game bets, right, 
think about think about a lot of Falcons games. Falcons either go up real big, like Falcons can score in bunches. So they'll either score in bunches at the beginning of the game and get a big lead, and then a team will make an adjustment and they'll fall apart. Or how many times have we seen them fall behind and then Matt Ryan throws for 450 and four touchdowns because they're trying to bring him back? Mm-hmm. So for me, the thing to do is not bet on the Falcons game ever pre-flop. Wait about, I don't know, an hour into the game and see how they're doing. If they're dominating, there's a good chance they're going to blow that lead. So you want to be on the other side of it at that point. Did you if bet the Cowboys? Losing, did you bet the Cowboys? I, I, didn't, I didn't touch that game. <laughs> my number was right on, and I'm so happy because I would have stayed up and I would have been pulling my hair out, and I don't have that much left. So that I definitely am glad I wasn't on that game. I, I got to be honest, though, this number, like I have um, – when I look at my numbers – hold on, let me just do some math right here. When I look at my numbers, I have Green Bay should be favored by a touchdown here. And then when you add in the home uh, – on a neutral field, they'd be a touchdown. When you add in home field, you're probably looking at like eight and a half. The number's at seven and a half, so I agree it should be bigger than seven. Um, if this was six and a half, I would have bet it. But at seven and a half and my number eight and a half, like that's not enough of an advantage, especially in a game that has this big of a total, right? Like if this was a, if this was a total of 40, one point is worth a lot more to me than – a total of almost 60 and this total is almost 60. So one point right there is not a big deal. Um, so I would not, I would not have a bet on this game. I do think green Bay wins. If you want to tease, what is green Bay at now? Seven and a half. Yeah. They're at seven and a half. I, I like them as part of a teaser. You can tease them down to like one and a half there. I don't mind doing that, but I would not, I would not bet the seven and a half. Although I do think they cover, they cover a touchdown. If it was a touchdown or below a touchdown, I'd be on the green Bay side. So. Aaron Rodgers is on a fuck you tour, which is amazing. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. I have him in a lot of fantasy leagues because a lot of people were doubt my boy. It's okay. It happens. I understand. Jordan Love was there. It was a lot of hype. It was a lot of hype come draft season. We didn't have a lot of content. It's, it, it, was, it made sense why everyone panicked. It's time to panic for the Falcons. Okay. Julio's hurt. I don't think they're in a rush to bring him back. The defense can't stop anybody. Matt Ryan just goes on the fritz whenever he feels like it. I mean, they got Calvin Ridley – and Russell Gage emerging, but even if Devontae Adams doesn't play, I mean, the Packers showed me a lot. Again, there were no fans, but going into New Orleans and outstroking the Saints last week, I mean, that was, I was like, all right, Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. Now, come playoff time again, and I'm riding the Packers all the way to the end here because I did it last year. I had a futures on them to make the Super Bowl, and then they got absolutely throttled in the NFC Championship game. Mm. Uh, I mean, that was more defensively than anything. I still think that's a huge flaw of theirs. But Mm -hmm. if we get into a shootout here, again, yeah, maybe the seven and a half will scare you away. I'll probably just buy some points and get that down, probably bring it to minus six, six and a half, whatever I feel better with uh, closer to game time. I'm on the Packers' side here. I think they'd win in a shootout, especially if the Falcons don't have um, Julio Jones. Todd Gurley has also looked sluggish to me. Not great. Not Brian good. Hill's the best running back on that team. It's really not – and that's not a hot take, and it's not even close oh. if you really watch the two of them run. Like, it's – I loved Gurley, but Gurley is – he's not He's not 100%. He's not the old Todd Gurley. And sometimes you just got to, like, take it – take face value. Like, and this is one of the things that being more analytical kind of does is you can see what the number – like, if you're looking at the numbers deep, you can see – things that other people don't see. Like if you tell the average person, Todd Gurley, like Todd Gurley was probably in the third round of your drafts when you were doing like, you know, season long drafts at the beginning of the year, Todd Gurley was a sixth round draft pick. Like he he shouldn't have been anywhere near the third round, but he was picked that way. So 
you know, that's one of the things that the numbers kind of point out to you. The other thing I wanted to say is Russell Gage uh, concussion protocol right now. So yeah, if if Julio's out and you have no Russell Gage, I agree with everything you said when this team's healthy, but no Julio, no Russell Gage. I I don't, I'm not even sure who their fourth and fifth receivers are. We'll have to go look the first couple weeks, the first week or two when everybody was healthy though, those three guys are playing like 70, 80, 90% of the snaps. So it's not like they have a, a fourth guy in the wings that's waiting there that they're going to be putting in here. So I don't even know who it would be. I don't even know. They still have like Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy was a guy last year for a while. I don't even know who their, their four and five are. So that would obviously affect, you know, the offense that they could put up here. Again, we talked about the running game. Todd Gurley sucks. So you have to throw the ball. And if you have to throw the ball and you're missing – all your weapons that you need to throw the ball to, they could get just straight blown out right here. I wouldn't be shocked about that. Green Bay's defense hasn't looked great this year, but they have good pieces. I feel like they're going to get better. And then the offense, though, has been amazing. I mean, Aaron, they, you really can't stop that offense because if you want to kind of drop the, you know, drop guys back in coverage, all right, well, then they're just going to give it to Aaron Jones and he's going to run all over you. And if you want to try to get up and try to stop Aaron Jones, you know, you put seven guys in the box against Aaron Rodgers, good luck. Like, you know, it's – you know, there's there's better ways to die if that's really what you want to do. Like, you know, so there's there's no easy way to defend this team. The Devontae Adams thing is obviously big. He's one of the few players that we were talking about before, like position players that actually move the needle. You know, guys like Christian McCaffrey do. Devontae Adams, obviously another one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, that would only help you if you bet Green Bay. One thing I will take – I will be very upset with you about is don't fucking buy points. It's such a fucking horrible bet. Don't ever fucking buy. Wait, bringing it down to six and a half. Don't, I mean, don't, if, if you want to bring it down, part um tease it. Don't. Ever well, I would just because if anything, I parlay it. That I mean, yeah. that's my thing. Or I'll throw it into a parlay. But I, I'm going to be honest. Here's here's my thing with buying points. Right, is the number of games that fall that like right on the number where the buying points thing matters for you. Like you may buy points in ten games for it to matter for you once. But you gave up 10 cents, 20 cents each time you did it. So really, you're worse off than you would have been if you would have just bet the number that you wanted to bet and lost a hook here or there. That's fair. So, in the lo- again, I think of everything in the long term because I might make, you know, I might make five or six bets a week on football, you know, just like numbers and sides like this. So over the course of the season, I'm making 100, 110 bets. So I want to do things that I may lose it once or twice, but things that are going to work out more than 50% of the time for me because if it's you know, if it's a positive number, then I'm going to be able to make money over the long term throughout the course of the season. So I'll, I'll lose a hook here or there that, you know, I was on the wrong side of not to have to give up extra money on the ones that I win. Because like I said, if you bet, if you bet 10 of them, there may be one where that those points you bought really mattered, but the amount of money you had to spend on all the other wins, because instead of getting minus 110, when you're buying points, it's minus 120, minus 130, depending on how many points you're buying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So over the long term, it, the profitability of it just doesn't work out. If you really don't like a number, which again, I don't like the number here at seven and a half, just fucking tease it. Tease it down to one and a half. Find, I, I didn't even, I didn't put my teasers in yet this week, but I mean, I'm sure there's some good teaser legs. Anytime you can take a number and you can get down through a seven or through a three, or you can get up through a three and through a, through a seven. So like, uh, like the bears, two and a half, tease that up to eight and a half. So now you get the three and you get the seven. Yeah, I love that. I would take the Bears up to eight and a half right now. Um, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers seven over the Chargers. Tease that down. Uh, actually, that's not that great because you only really get the three there. But yeah. I like that one too to tease down. Like if you can get a number that's like, yeah, the Bucks at seven is a little. 
So like seven and a half. I mean, th- this game is the best number there. Like, you know, you're seven and a half with the Packers. You tease it down to one and a half. Now, if they win by three, you get the win where you wouldn't have if you have seven and a half. And if they win by a touchdown, you get the win where you wouldn't have if you took the seven and a half. So instead of buying points, just tease it. Pick another well, game. So I it. don't do it significantly yet. So I'm not like one of those crazy freaks that I know a lot of people, they say, oh, the book always knows. So I always buy one over or one less or some shit like that. They'll play the totals. That's a little too far. I normally just do that if I don't really like either side in particular. And I just want to kind of throw it in as a filler in the parlay so I can get the play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So on and so forth. If I just do like, you know, Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, that type of thing. If I bet primetime games, it, it, it depends. I don't do it far that often. I do like your idea on teasers. Yeah, but I mean, buying points for me is just really, I'll only consider it if I just feel this game is going to be a touchdown game and want to bring it down. It's just, I guess, a lot, of, a lot less legwork. <laughs> ask, me, ask me how many times I would, I would consider buying a point. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Fair enough. All right, I'll, I'll adjust. You know what? Here's, here's what I'll say. Rather than buy a point, I would rather see you shop for a better line. Because if you look around deep enough, you'll find a seven somewhere. If you're really uncomfortable with the hook. You know what I mean? Somebody will have a seven somewhere. You may have to go like minus 115. It's a Monday it. night game, though. I can't not bet the Monday night game. That's my issue. I'll find a better value. I'll find one without the hook. I believe that. But And here's, here's the other thing, too, that people got to realize. You know, again, like I always try to get my money down early in the week before the numbers move because I feel like this way if I'm right with the numbers that I have. And I'm not always right. There are times the numbers move against me. There are times when – an injury pops up on Thursday that I wasn't even considering that moves the number against me too. So there are times where I look at a number on Sunday and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking on Monday when I bet this number? But more often than not, the number you get on Monday is better than the number you get on Sunday. And you look at it and you're like, oh man, I'm glad I took this on. Like you were talking about with the 53 and a half and then it went up to 55 and it ended on 54 and all those other people got screwed that didn't take it when you took it. You know, betting, the best chance you have to beat the book is early in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you're going you're gonna to be wrong sometimes. The injury is going to break the wrong way or the line's going to move in the opposite direction than you wanted it to. But if you, if you have a, a system and you kind of know what you're doing, more often than not, the number's going to move. If you're good, more often than not, the number's going to move in your favor and not away from you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I hint at it on the show. I don't go extensively into that, but I do let them know to get in on things earlier before then, you know, before the line moves. I don't go into detail why that would happen, you know? So, for example, even on that Bills game, like you'll see the hook come out if they start betting heavy on that three. You know, the Bills are start; it'll get to three and a half if enough people like the Bills. So this way they get people to bet the other side. You get what I'm saying? Like, but it's extensive. I mean, we can just call ourselves the DJs, change the entire show around, and we'll just get down to it. I'm here for it. We can do it. Rebrand. I told you, anytime you need me to come on, as long as I'm not busy <laughs> and the don't have anything, that's why we're recording. For those of you who don't know, we're recording this at like 10 o'clock at night right now because I don't really have free time during my day between work and all that stuff. Like, so I work for I work for basically three websites that that I kind of co-own a piece of: Elite Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Guru, and Elite Betting. It's all under the same umbrella here, the Elite Network. And um, like I said, we got a whole bunch of guys that we work with, guys that are like data analysts, guys. That all know sports. A lot of guys that played like Division Two, II, Division Three sports and stuff like that when they were in college. And we just basically bullshit about sports all day long. And then I take care of my kids the rest of the day. And then once all them put away, then I actually get my work done late at night. So that's why I said to you, I said if you can wait till wait till I get the kids to bed and I can talk to you all night, we'll be good with it. The good thing for you though, they're gonna go back to school soon, or they're going back to school. What tomorrow is that? That's, how- yeah, that's literally the only reason I'm up here. I mean, we've been down. You know, I got a place down at Jersey Shore. We've been down there since 
like the end of March. Like the kids beginning of March is when everybody in New Jersey kind of like shut down. Um, once they announced the quarantine thing, it was supposed to be 14 days. At the end of that 14 days, they were like, yeah, school's going to be closed until we let you know. And I said to my wife, well, then until I let you know, I'm going to be down at the beach. Because she was, she was already working from home. They closed her office. I worked from home anyway. And then now all the kids were on the computers working from home. I was like, what the hell are we going to do up here? So we went down there. We've been hanging out down there. And the first actual in-person day for school for my little guy is tomorrow. So I drove all the way back up here. The older one doesn't start till next week. Roosevelt doesn't start till next week, the, uh, the middle school. But the uh, Webster, the, ground, the, you know, the lower school, starts uh, tomorrow. So that's the only reason I'm here. And he, he has school two days. That's it. Just Wednesday, Thursday live. And then they go back to the computer. So I'm it's going. Crazy back they're there. going middle. Well, they're going elementary school before the middle school. That's. I, I think there's more logistically to it because you got like you know the little kids and all that stuff. So I think they're trying to. I think honestly, I think they're using my kindergarten son as like the guinea pig to see if this could work. <laughs> oh, they might. They might just God. call me li- like in the middle of this weekend. We might get an email like, yeah, this shit ain't gonna work. So the older kids. So we messed up. <laughs> <laughs> shit has hit the fan. It's not going well. Um, hey man. Well, we will do this more often. All hopefully, right. hopefully we stay above 500. We keep winning people some money, and they keep coming back. You'll come back. I'll be here. We're not going anywhere. We just need the people to come back. We're pumping out winners for them. I would have told them the Eagles, and we're over here betting the 49ers now. This is why Benny's on, folks. These, these are the picks. These are the picks. Now I can't promise you they're all going to win, but I can promise you that they're all back. They're all backed up in numbers and uh, and analytics that actually uh, that actually will point you in one direction or the other. And that's the thing. I mean, listen, like I told you guys at the beginning, even good betters are going to lose forty five percent of the time. But you want to feel like you're on the right side every time because winning fifty five percent and losing forty five percent, you're you're pretty good. Like that's that's pretty good. You hear these guys with these seventy percent, eighty percent win rates. The only thing I can tell you, I could win 80% of games too if I'm betting money lines at minus 400 because yeah. that's literally how often you should be winning a, a, a you know, money line bet that pays you minus 400. But if you're betting you know, totals in the NFL, if you could break even, you're not a bad better. If you can get above break even, you're, you're pretty good. If you can get you know, above break even by enough to, uh, to consistently grind out a profit, then I'll tell you the only thing you really got to do is start betting more. Because once you know you can do it consistently and grind it out, then it's just a matter of scaling it up and, uh, you know, and, and, and betting more money on it so you win more. Because, again, you're not going to win 70% of bets. So you got to be comfortable winning slightly more than you lose and being smart about your bankroll. So, you know, people that go all in, you're eventually going to lose because most things are barely more than a coin flip when you, uh, when you include the number. That, I mean, great advice. That was awesome. Um... And a thousand percent, you know, I deal with a lot of friends that feel like everything's against them, but they bet egregiously. And, you know, I think the first thing I try to tell them is everyone has a different bankroll, man. Everything's worth different for everyone. hundred dollars is nothing to some people. hundred dollars is everything to other people. So once you find what you're comfortable with and you get used to that and steady build it up, shit becomes a lot easier. You start to see things a lot clearer and you learn how to kind of marginalize which bets are. You know, the better ones to lean on. That's why you start betting home dogs because it's like, okay, I can get money this way, you know, bring certain things together. If you like both home dogs, that's what, you know, we talk about parlays, parlay that together, make some money. You know, that's gambling. Roll the dice every now and then. Make some money if it's there. 
Well, it also, I mean, it depends what your goal is too. Like for the average person, they're gambling as a form of entertainment on a Sunday or Monday night. Like you're not gambling your lunch money. You're not gambling to make a living. You're gambling disposable income that you probably would have spent at the movie theater or at the bar or wherever else you would have been spending that day. So if you're doing it that way, then you know what? You don't want to win a minus 110 bet and, you know, turn $20 into 38. Like that's not what you're looking to do. You're looking to hit something where you can go 5X or 10X. Now, again, if that's, the, if that's what your goal is and you're betting like for recreationally, I have no problem doing things that way. I'll tell people all the time, shit, I'll give you my, my best touchdown prop guys that you could get seven or eight to one on and parlay them with, uh, you know, parlay two of them together. They hit, you might get a 20 to one payout. That's, that's a cool way to throw 20 bucks around if you're hanging out. But if you're trying to beat the books long term and, and, and stick around doing this, literally there's nothing more important than the bankroll management because one of the biggest problems that a lot of recreational bettors have is I'll bet a hundred bucks and I'll win. Now I got 200 bucks. Well, I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet 200 on this game and I'll have 400. Yeah. But sooner or later you're going to lose. So if you're just trying to double your money until you get it to a certain amount, you're basically saying like, I, I'm going to hit like a 10 team parlay because you're, you're asking yourself to be right 10 times in a row and nobody's that good. No, nobody put it this way. Nobody, I'm not even gonna say nobody's that good. Nobody's that lucky. You're not going to have 10 games in a row where nothing bad happens, where the starting quarterback you bet on doesn't break his leg and the team looks like shit, or, you know, where the pass interference call at the end doesn't go against you. Like, that stuff is going to happen when you're betting. That's why going all in on one or two things is not the way you should be doing it, unless you're just betting recreationally for fun. Like, if you're just saying, hell, I don't need this $5,000 sitting over here. I'm just going to bet it and see what happens. All right, if, if you got money like that, congratulations. But for the average person, that's not – you know, that's not where they're at. You know what I mean? Fucking life, man. If I had 5,000 to bet on that Chiefs game, I would have. I felt that good about it. I told you before we got on, or maybe at the beginning of this, I didn't put enough on the Chiefs. I said it on this show. Whenever the Chiefs are an underdog, whether Mahomes is in or not, just bet the Chiefs as a dog. Last time this happened, it was the Matt Moore game. I said, well, I'll never bet the Chiefs as a dog, so I might as well bet them here. And it paid out. <sighs> I was going to say, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if you could have got me to bet the Chiefs with Matt Moore as a dog, but Patrick Mahomes as a dog? Home dog. They were a home dog that game. Listen. I you, still wouldn't have done it. Yeah. It is a hard tightrope to get me away from a home dog. I'm telling you, even in baseball. Today I bet the A's. Didn't pay it out. You know, it's okay. They're home dog. You got to bet them. You got to bet well, them. I'll, 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 I will say this about Patrick Mahomes. We were talking about guys that you adjust the, uh, the numbers for. Patrick Mahomes is actually the number one guy in my – on my model of, uh, you know, if he's out, I would adjust the line six and a half points in the opposite direction if he's out. <laughs> I mean, he's the biggest number, the biggest number of anybody I have in my model right now. I also don't think Matt Moore is still there, but he did come in clutch for them last year and kept them afloat when uh, Patty Mahomes dislocated his knee. People forget. People forget that season almost didn't happen. Benny, thank you for coming on. This was great. This is going to happen all the time. And we're just going to win everything because if you learned anything from me and Benny, Every pick we gave you today is going to be a winner. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Tell everybody went ten and zero this week. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, don't believe you. All right. That's the way. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, bro. Thanks for coming. Yeah, anytime, man. Like I said, anytime you need me, just feel free to give me a call, bro. That interview with Benny Ricciardi was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. All right. Big shout out to Benny for coming on the show. Listen to what he said. My man gave out great advice, especially for anyone's trying to start out in this crazy world of sports gambling. So 
He's one of the best. Listen to what Benny had to say. Listen to our picks. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we'll be here same time next week. Love you guys. Be safe. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube